You're listening to TechNest, the PropTech podcast. In each episode, you'll hear from PropTech founders, investors, and industry veterans on how they're using tech to change the way we buy, sell, and invest in real estate. Discover market opportunities, interesting data, growth tactics, and trends driving the industry forward. This isn't just another podcast about making money in real estate. This is about how we live. And now your host, Nate Smoyer. Okay, we're going to jump into a topic that I've talked about a few times. I think many of you know that I know a thing or two about rental property management tools. I've got the CEO and founder of a company called Rent Ready, Ryan Barone. And I love this conversation. Ryan really digs into why being customer-centric is so important to building the right product. He started as a renter and really just wanted to make the process of applying for apartments easier. What he found out was that landlords didn't like to process much either. And through some evolution and some interviews, ended up creating RentReady. And over time, they've built some tools internally, but also have taken the approach of partnerships and integrations. And I asked Ryan to break down how is he weighing the pros and cons of should you build it or should you integrate it? And I think he gave some great answers to that. We also talk about building a team, today's modern work environment, whether you're distributed, remote, in office, how that all works and why that's part of the keys to what they've been able to do at Rent Ready growing dramatically both in the number of customers, but also the number of employees uh, of their overall team. So let's go ahead, jump in, hear what he has to say. Hey, Ryan, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Nate. Excited to be here. I feel like I can finally breathe. There's, um, it's not tension, but I love when I actually get a chance to like, we're not competitors anymore. And I like that. (laughs) And it feels good and we can be friends and everything's all good. Um, I had a very similar uh, feeling when we had Mike on from Rentspree, and so uh, this is all this is good. Getting to to finally meet some of those I used to be on the same playing field with. Well, um, I'm excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for your time. We always do intros same way on this show, so please go ahead, introduce yourself, let everyone know who you are and what you do. Sure thing. Uh, I'm the CEO and. Co-founder of RentReady, uh, we're property management software primarily designed for independent landlords, uh, so individuals that have a full-time job a lot of the time and are managing some properties on the side, and that's their way to put a kid through college or retire early, and uh, fortunate enough to build um, some exciting software that makes it easier for them on their side to do everything in that end-to-end process from collecting rent to listings and on the tenant side, make a better experience for them, which is uh, frankly actually how I got started in this in the first place. So let's let's actually back up a little bit, and I want to get into that founding story here. But let's talk semantics for a hot second. Landlords, mom pop, independent, small, little, yeah. And then you have real estate investor. Which terms are you using? How do you? What's the right way to describe this audience segment? Yeah, I, I think it's a fair question. Um, I, I think in the early days, we were asking the, the same one to ourselves. Um, I'm sure you went through it yourself too. Uh, and what we've come to find is it's, it, there isn't really a, um, a demographic so much as a psychographic for the customer that we're uh, creating Rent Ready for. It's the individual or uh, couple or family that's saying, I want to manage it myself. Um, I see a benefit in saving the you know ten to twelve percent and doing it myself, but I also don't want to pull my hair out using pen and paper and spreadsheets. I want something that um, mm-hmm. automates the tasks for me. So that can be that can look like a you know individual on their own uh, with one single family property, or they could have a hundred units and be managing it with a spouse or a family member or a friend. Um, it really doesn't matter whether you're at one unit or a hundred. Um, we have built it. Uh, for I would say the relatively smaller end of the market, like if you're in the tens of thousands, we haven't really built the pl- we haven't focused on building a platform for that group mm-hmm. so much as for the person that has you know maybe one single family home to to a hundred uh, units. We certainly have people above that, um, but that's really the group that 
along the way we found needed something the most. So it's who we focused on trying to provide something helpful to. I have had this conversation with so many people when they ask about what's the demographic, like how old are they? What job do they do? What do they drive? What are they into? And I'm like, if you start going down that path, I promise you, you're going to burn a lot of cash on ads running those uh, as your targeting criteria and realize that none of it makes any sense. So um, you're welcome to try it and you follow your little heart. But I've always described it as it's scenario driven. It's not Mm -hmm. um, interest. It's not hobby. It's not income because the you're you're totally right it's it's a very diverse audience uh, yeah. that you're you're selling to all right let's let's get into the founding story why and and i'm going to ask this in a cuz i think this is the the honest way to ask it this has got to be one of the hardest segments to sell anything to why in the world would you go <laughs> into this space yeah um so believe it or not it was actually uh from the tenant side first Uh, I, back when I was in college, I was going to school at Pace University in New York City. Um, I happened to be uh, majoring in math and economics there. I was minoring in computer science. I had a little bit of computer science background at the time. And uh, I was fortunate enough to get my first internship in New York City, which meant move out of dorms, get my first apartment for that summer and stay here for the school year. And quickly realized uh, it wasn't as easy to rent an apartment as I anticipated it would be. Uh, they needed W-2, letter of employment, bank statements, tax returns. I had a guarantor and roommates who had guarantors. So that, that added to the insanity of it. And so I actually left that experience wanting to build just an app for myself and friends to apply to units more easily. And so uh, that's what version one of Rent Ready was. I built our original iOS and Android apps. Um, mm-hmm. our back end and our front end for landlords in the first two and a half years. Um, and it was really just to try to make it easier to apply to apartments. And quickly, landlords started coming back to me, these independent landlords. I didn't I didn't know they were independent landlords at the time. They're just the people I was interacting with saying, mm-hmm. hey, our side's just as bad, if not worse. Uh, we don't want this sent over email either. We want a way to manage it. By the way, can we pre-qualify people up front? You know, I had a couple come look at my unit. and I loved them, but mm-hmm. uh, I knew there was no way I could rent to them once I ran a full a tenant screening on them. Could I get a little bit of information up front? So if they tell me they have a dog and I don't accept pets, neither of us waste time. Or maybe exactly, pets are yeah. fine and they say they're in a good credit and income range. So they're worth spending my time on. So it's, you know, meeting with the best five instead of the first five that reach out. And from there, it started to grow from applications to pre-qualifications to can we integrate screenings that automate that process so you start sharing the data instead of typing it into two systems and oh by the way can we use the the leverage of having tens of thousands of landlords on our platform to start bargaining on their behalf and actually get that tenant screen for cheaper for their tenant and their landlord which is something we did and then from there it grew into rent payments and maintenance and listings all really centered around a lot of the same stories and ideas Mm -hmm. of individuals that were trying to solve a piece of the process, making it easier to rent, um, either from the side of the independent landlord trying to handle it all themselves, or from the side of the tenant, uh, just trying to enjoy where they live. And if there was something we could do to give them the right tool to make that easier for both sides of the equation, um, it's, it's been, it's been honestly very exciting as, as hard as it is. You said it's a really hard se- segment to sell to, and you're absolutely right. Um, but at the <laughs> same time, um, it is one of the segments that get, that gets most excited about it when you mm. actually solve their problem. And I do think that is incredibly rewarding on the flip side of it. I love that you're, you, you're using the, the phrase solving their problem. And because quite frankly, I think maybe, um, some may underestimate the just the true potential range of problems that mm-hmm. exist here. And it is, yeah, it is as far and wide and deep as possible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For just about is. anything that can happen. Uh, you know, I, I rent to uh, typically like post-grad students. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I've last year was possibly my most interesting year I, I remember i had one person and i i don't generally screen too much on credit because i'm renting to students so i'm like don't be a criminal don't have evictions have a reference have a job we're good you know and i had one uh say well can i something like i'm 
you know, we have uh, graduation next week. I thought college. I did not know initially that they meant high school. I was like, holy shoot. I'm like, uh, okay, well, I mean, you can't, I can't screen you on age and you met all my criteria. I'm like, this is, well, you're 18. I'm like, oh, okay. I, that, that was interesting to me. I've never rented yeah. to that scenario, but let's talk, let's dig into this problems. You have a lot of different features that solve a lot of problems. What's one of the most mm-hmm. common that you find people are coming to rent ready initially to solve for? And what do you think it is about what you've built that enables rent ready to be best at solving that problem? Uh, so I, I think a big one that people come to us for is actually the rent collection side of things. Um, like you said, it at a high level sounds like just collect rent, right? <laughs> Easy mm-hmm. enough. And mm-hmm. then as you dig in, it gets more and more complex. And especially if you're handling it all yourself, you start to ask yourself questions like, oh, in my state, do I have to meet, uh, make sure I'm not charging a late fee that's over some cap? You know, I have a recurring late fee, but is there a percentage mm-hmm. that I can't go over a fixed dollar amount? We can help you stay within that amount. Or do I need to deposit my funds to a different account for security deposits versus rent? You can automatically yeah. streamline that. Or maybe I'm creating an LLC for each of my properties because I want to separate my liability there and we'd automatically separate yeah. for those. And so I think from the landlord's perspective, what we're trying to do is take the collective knowledge of all of the thousands of landlords that have managed on rent ready already and build in smart defaults so that when you're coming in, we're asking you the right question. So whether you're an experienced veteran landlord that knows exactly how to manage your unit in your area and you just want it easier to set up, or you're someone that's just getting started and you may not have been asked these questions before, and you might be listening to podcasts like this one or other real estate ones to try to get ideas about things you should be considering, we can try to prompt you with some of the right questions so that you avoid mm. those mistakes. Um, and then on the flip side of it, I think, especially in this segment, more than any segment, um, the tenant being happy is really important. You know, when you have one single family home or even 10, if five of your tenants say, I don't like using this, uh, that matters a lot to you as opposed to, mm-hmm. you know, if you have 10,000 units and five people say to you, I, I don't want to use this. So, um, we started from the tenant side first. We have native apps for the tenants. Um, we've spent a ton of tr- time trying to make it incredibly easy for tenants and incentivize them to want to use the platform. So from that perspective, I think a lot of landlords see that their tenants are actually excited to be using this as opposed to use something else because it makes their live easy, lives easier, not even just from the pure rent payment side of things of scheduling auto pay, but for example, in the case of College students, one of the common examples we see is, hey, I want to separate it so that I pay automatically a portion of mine, and I automatically want to get notified when my roommate pays so I mm-hmm. can go yell at them if they haven't paid. Um, or even to the point of you know, the 18-year-old that you were talking about, they probably don't have credit um, early on, mm-hmm. or they probably don't have much. And one of the things that came out of COVID, one of those problems and solutions we implemented was people coming to us saying, hey can you help me build my credit just by paying rent on the platform? And so we built in the way for tenants to enable that and, and report their on-time payments so they can actually start to build some credit and um, make it easier to rent that next place. Hopefully. Well, I mean, and, and you know, when that pro- when that became a possibility to use rent payments as like a credit building tool, that came out of a, I think it was from what the Chicago um, Housing Authority worked with HUD in, in doing an experiment and the tailwind effect of that was California came out and said, Hey, you have to offer a potential solution. So yeah, I mean, it, good on you guys for like making that a, a possibility because yeah, I don't, I don't know all the exact specifics on that, but I mean, I think this is a trend that we're likely to see moving forward, especially as, you know, Freddie and Fannie are revisiting guidelines on underwriting first home purchases. Yeah. And and they want to consider like payment history beyond just, you know, getting loans. And rightfully so. I mean, rent's your biggest it's the biggest expense for so many people. Right. This is such a no-brainer. And it's and and I think I find it fascinating because some people will say, "Well, I have to qualify you. I'm essentially giving you a 12-month loan for the house." And then on the other hand, we're saying, "Well, it's not a loan, so you don't get credit." Like, right. You right. really should. It, you know, right. you really should. Yeah, so, absolutely. So on, on that product, 
is it is it the tenant that pays for that as an enhanced feature? Is the landlord pay? How does that work? So it's an optional thing for tenants to pay. So um, mm-hmm. one of the things that we really tried to do for landlords along the way is make it that they don't get taxed for their growth. Basically, that was one of the things mm-hmm. we heard early on. Why do you still use spreadsheets? Why why aren't you adopting something? Um, and one of them was, I don't want to be taxed for my growth. I don't want to, as I add another unit, I add some additional fees. And so the way that we've tried to build the platform is by going to these big providers, um, whether it be tenant screening or payments or listings and say, hey, don't treat us as one person with 50 homes or 10 homes or one home. Treat us as a portfolio of $12 billion of assets under management and discount us based on that. And that way we've been able to turn around and um, offer it to landlords and tenants as a product. Tenants are when they use it or if they use it, it's an option if they want to, they're paying the fee on that. Um, But for something like even tenant screening, for example, they're paying less for a transunion tenant screening coming to rent ready to run that. Then they go, then they do if they go to transunion to run that exact same tenant screening. And it's, it's because they're basically buying it as a massive portfolio instead of as an individual. So that's the same way we've tried to set up that for credit boosting or even renter's insurance that we offer on the tenant side. If they want to get it through us, we uh, try to help them get some sort of discount on that process and streamline it for them. You you mentioned being very customer centric, you know, really listening to your customers, you know, determining how you guys build out features. And, you know, when you dig in and look at rent ready, like you guys are actually quite feature rich. I would say even for as like young a company as you are, quite feature rich. You have a desktop and mobile platforms. It some of the features look like, hey, this is what you guys built. Some of the features look like we've gone out and found a partner and in integrated services. Can you talk a little bit about when you're looking at, you know, it used to be the you think buyer build, right? That used to be the scenario. But now we have like buy build embed, buy build mm-hmm. integrate. How do you weigh the option of whether or not you should build it versus bring in another partner to, you know, offer those services? Yeah, yeah, that's it's a good question. It definitely has been a big part of how we've built the platform to date is right. So we're having conversations with landlords and tenants. We've had live chat on the platform since day one. In fact, in the first three years, if you messaged in, you were getting me personally, my co-founder personally answering that chat and then trying to build in a solution for you. So love it. Um, a lot of ideas come through there. And our first step is saying, does somebody already do this really well? Or mm-hmm. is there a gap in the market? And so sometimes uh, there are cases where someone does it well. So uh, for example, uh, there was a, time during COVID where landlords started coming to us and said, hey, I still want to manage my properties myself, but I also don't want to get a call in the middle of the night for maintenance. Is there a way for me to basically outsource that part where if a tenant submits a maintenance request through RentReady, um, you will automatically you know, find the person for me and schedule mm-hmm. them and market complete. And it's as if I have a teammate in rent ready because you can add teammates so if you have a plumber they could just be in there anyway Um, but if you don't have one would rent ready be able to basically source that for them and so we found a a company out there lateral that only did it for 75 unit plus portfolios and so if you were below that threshold uh, basically you couldn't use it and so we repeated that same type of thing I was referencing earlier with TransUnion and said, hey, treat us as one massive portfolio. We'll make it really easy to basically onboard people behind the scenes. In their minds, they're enabling this. They're turning this on if they want to. Um, mm-hmm. But we're creating all the properties for them, all of the tenants. So, so you're, you're basically working as the customer for Latchel. And exactly. then almost like a member association passing the benefits on to, well, your members, to your customers. Right. Yeah, That's absolutely. Brilliant. Yeah. Why don't more so, platforms do that? I don't know. It makes so much sense to us. <laughs> um, they should. You know, I, I think it's a huge benefit. We like we we like you said. I mean, there's so many companies out there that are doing really good things for the real estate space. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm a huge fan of if there's someone out there that does it and does it well. Can we try to leverage the information we already have so we eliminate that work of you just retyping the same thing every day into a new platform to make it easier for you to get access to this thing and maybe get it at a discount and save that team also some effort in trying to find the yeah. right people to market to because back to your demographic point it's it's not just 
target this age or this location or anything like that. The example I always give people is I want you to go into Facebook ads manager and I want you to take the demographics you think are real and enter them in and tell me how big the audience is. And it'll come out to like 50 million people. I'm like, okay, only one out of five in that audience actively today owns and manages their own rental. You're going to waste a lot of money. <laughs> so, you know, um, I will sell you, uh, uh, the, the, to, you know, I was digging, you know, digging around to try and learn more about rent ready than I had already previously known. And, um, when I was checking out the integrations, I have to admit, I came up with some ideas, fired off some screenshots, sent them to our head of product. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, thank you I like it. for the inspiration. Um, you know, I could, I could tell right away from the, the, the approach that you guys had there. Um, I want to, I want to, I don't like to go into the pandemic too much, but I think this is actually really relevant. The pandemic changed a lot about how we thought about the way rentals had to be amongst other things, you know, mm -hmm. virtual tours suddenly became this thing. And I remember when Redfin shipped it, it was literally just a fill in the form. And then you said what type of virtual tour you wanted and you could select like zoom or FaceTime. And then it just told the Redfin agent and then they just did it that way. It was like the lowest tech thing I've ever seen ever, but I loved yeah. it because they were fast. Right. Right. What, what has changed that's also like impacted your product roadmap maybe immediately, but also long-term coming out of the pandemic? Yeah. So there's things that have impacted it that are in the platform today. The maintenance coordination was one of those. Mm. Uh, credit boosting actually came out of the pandemic as well. That was another one that was just during that time. Even digital lease signing was another one where we pre-pandemic didn't have that built into rent ready because a lot of landlords at that time were happy to, we had they document storage. But they were happy to sign them in person. All of a sudden, you didn't want someone's hands on a lease um, in the middle of the pandemic. And so we built uh, digital lease signing into the platform where you can have multiple people signing and uploading government-issued IDs to verify their identity and all of this. And so um, those were some that, that came di I mean, directly out of um, problems that were pe people mm -hmm. were having. Um, in terms of, I think, how it's impacted our long-term roadmap, um, we've tried to really focus on from the landlord's perspective anyway how can we make it uh this nice balance between you have all of the control but none of the work right? and i think that is one of those where hmm. you want the oversight right you're choosing to to manage this property yourself you don't want it to just be completely a black box that runs itself you want to be able to see what's happening in your property anytime you want to do it but you also don't necessarily want to be doing all of the manual tasks you don't want to have to physically go to a location a lot of the time so mm -hmm. in a lot of ways we have been building more and more features um really just solutions to people's problems that relate to how can you do this from anywhere or at any time um, where you have all of the oversight you don't necessarily have to do the manual work of, like you said, go to a unit and virtual show it um, or even have a maintenance person. Um, we even had some people in in the middle of COVID that took our uh, video maintenance requests already because we had a mobile app. So tenants mm -hmm. would take a, a video and say, my sink's leaking and submit it into a landlord. And in the past, that meant, you know, maybe come over and fix my uh, sink. And in the middle of COVID, it, it, people started readapting that even existing feature to say right i'm just going to troubleshoot i'll send you the part you fix it so we don't have to go into your unit right now and mm -hmm. people are happier with that than actually come into my home yeah i have i have a i have a one of our rentals is a you know 1930 build that's had three additional like compartments added if you will it still has the original like crypt keeper basement cellar and wood stove, like brick fire stove downstairs. Very fascinating. But there are some funky things about some of those renovations. And so every time I have a new set of tenants, I'll get a call. I know I'm going to get a call. And be like, hey, power went out upstairs. I'm like, okay, I know this doesn't make sense. But go into the bathroom, push the GFI that's in the bathroom. Does it turn on the bedroom lights? It does. Okay, well, we're good. <laughs> right. I learned the first time. Yep. Don't send someone out immediately. You gotta have your, yeah. your questions ready to go. Um, yeah. Well, okay. I wanna I'm gonna get to this one because this is something that I'm curious what you're doing here. I mean, you guys have 
you've grown quite a bit over the last few years, you know, like a hundred plus thousand rental properties on the platform. The number one question I've always gotten asked, and so now I'm going to ask you, how are you finding these investors, these mom-pop individual independent investors? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, a big part of it is honestly word of mouth and communities. Um, hmm. I think one of the really interesting things about the real estate industry is, especially with the, this independent landlord segment, um, I equate it very similarly, honestly, to the, the software development community as well. There's certain industries where if you figure something out, you want to keep it to yourself. There are other ones where oh, yeah. you keep figure your something out, secrets. right? You're willing to share it with people. You want to share it, and and you know that exists for software developers with Stack Overflow. It exists mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. Uh, real estate uh, investors with bigger pockets and connected investors and all the and Facebook uh, groups of di- you know, uh, probably a thousand different Facebook groups of people. Yeah. So. Um, I think one of the really cool things about that is if you can create something that actually solves people's problems, you're there for them when they need help. They feel like they're a part of what's being built because they, they really have, I mean, pretty much everything on the platform to date ties back to an individual landlord or tenant stories or multiple stories that have been trying to solve that problem. I think that has garnered a lot of interest and a lot of tendency to share that with other people. And that honestly is one of the most helpful things for us is that the people on the platform that feel like this helped me, whether it's on the landlord or the tenant side, and they turn around to a friend and say, "Hey, Nate, I know you still have, <laughs> you know that that property over there as well. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Maybe you should try this thing out. I think it would help you too." And so that honestly has been one of the the biggest things for us is just trying to build, um, you know, trust and um, belief in what we're doing in in those communities, so that people want to share it with each other. Oh, very cool. Um, you know, I, 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 it's a, it's a tough audience and then we kind of going back to like one of those things of like those communities, but like, I think about LinkedIn immediately because they don't just, you don't, you don't normally have a card that says, hi, I'm independent real estate investor. Right. (laughs) You know, it's just, like you said, it's a thing on the side. It's, it's, it's a challenge. And even that, um, changes your approach. I'd love to get into some more about like the overall market size. So I think it's like depending on the, which source you're using, there's what, how many, actually, I'm, I'm curious, how, how many individual investors that own and manage their own rentals? What are your sources telling you? Our sources tell us there's about, of the, about 20 million in the US, about 16 of those are in the independent landlord space. Because there's, there's people who have like, they have rental income, but mm-hmm. they may be like part of a partnership or maybe they they give it to a property manager that kind of thing so there's like 16 million of them has the current environment for buying and selling real estate especially with interest rates have you seen that like do you think that's moving the number of investors up or down and also like what how is that changing how you're looking at customer acquisition you know moving forward given that we're looking at potentially an extended period of time where we have to adjust to the new normal and that doesn't right. feel good. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think it's a good question. So in a really weird way, it, it doesn't impact us either way, whether you're buying and selling properties, because hmm. we're not on the buy or sell side of it. As long as there is a property to be managed, um, mm-hmm. we're, we're helping people. So whether they hold that themselves and they're moving from spreadsheets to rent ready and you, you know this as well as anyone, nobody, even us included, we've grown a ton during this uh, uh, past few years, but even still no one has even a, you know, a percentage of the market at this point for the, the independent land, landlord segment. So there are a ton of people that are still on pen and paper and spreadsheets, a lot more these days that don't want to be on pen and paper and spreadsheets and want to move to something. So whether they hold that property themselves and say, I'm going to adopt rent ready because I want to make my life easier. I want to make a better experience for my tenant. I just don't want as much stress because I can't sell the property right now. Or mm-hmm. the flip side of that, where you say, I'm selling it, a new landlord's coming in, and that person says, Great, I want to set up operations that are easy for myself and a good experience for my tenant. They can also adopt rent ready and, and use it just as well. So it, it really doesn't, you know, impact us whether they're selling that property to someone new that's then adopting us or whether they're holding it themselves and switching over to us from spreadsheets. Yeah. 
Let me ask you, do, do you see a, a future where Rent Ready bridges out to also be for property managers? Or do you make a very clear distinction between the individual investor and property management? Why make that distinction? I mean, property management software can be very valuable in yeah. of itself. As I mean, Buildium... Is Buildium the last major acquisition in the space? I can't remember, but I mean, it's, yeah. they sold for like $581 million in like 2019. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think essentially been bought twice since. But <laughs> that's a whole other story. But yeah, what, you know, where do you draw that line? And, and if so, like, is there plans to move into that space as well? So, you know, really the, the reason that we focused on the independent landlord segment isn't because we don't want to help property managers that love to help them too. It's honestly just a matter of so much, so much time in a day. And can you be really good at something, right? Mm. Um, my biggest fear is um, if you go into trying to solve too many problems too fast, you're never fantastic at solving anything. And so we've stayed intentionally really focused on the independent landlord segment. And we have, uh, just to be clear, we have property managers on the platform that use it anyway and say, I know it wasn't designed specifically for me. But it saves me a lot of time. It's a great experience for my tenant. I'm using it anyway, and they're happy. So we're, yeah. we're upfront about it that we have tried to, to build a platform you know, at first for helping that independent landlord segment because they're a huge segment. They've been underserved for way too long. I just I feel like they deserve something. Um, and like you said, there are some solutions out there for property managers and larger property managers. Um, but certainly not to say it could never see us trying to help that group if we felt like, hey, you know, we've we've really helped this independent landlord segment. They're all happy, um, and we're being asked. We've been asked before, and, and we've built in some things for property managers. We haven't really focused as much in that segment. But if you know, like I said in the beginning, we built the entire platform today kind of based on the demand and the problems people were seeing. So if we saw over time that we had fewer and fewer problems to solve for independent landlords, and we had mm-hmm. this perfect product for them, sure, we could. Yeah. I could see us considering you know that segment as well. Given that this is such a specialty type product and audience, one of the challenges um, I can anticipate here is finding people to join your your company who have industry domain knowledge and the desired skill set you're looking to leverage. What do you look for first when you're building your team or is there something else that you're looking for when building your team? For me, uh, building a team, I I love some industry experience or some industry interest at least, um, but it, you don't have to. Um, I think there's a lot of people that are interested in getting into real estate. We have some people on the team that uh, were not landlords when they joined our team and became landlords since being on our team. And I think that is an awesome thing to see. That's pretty cool. It, right. While at Rent Ready, we have people coming onto our platform using rent ready saying i'm brand new to being a landlord can i use your platform will it help me and simultaneously we have employees doing this exact same thing people on our team Mm -hmm. doing the same thing so i i think it's great to have both sides of that you have people that have joined us and they were already landlords ones that made that journey while at rent ready and some that aren't you know others that are tenants and I, i think that mix of uh like knowledge and conversation i think leads to really good discussions around What's the right way to implement this solution? What's the right way to solve this problem that people are coming to us with? So um, I, I think a big part of it for me is uh, with building teams just in general, can you find people that um, have a dream that can align with your dream as a company? Like the, the, it may be a, something they're going to be doing simultaneously with you, but um, if it's something you can help support them with and they can help the, the greater you know, mission, perfect. I think that makes it really easy to align. And and do they add something, you know, to the team that you wouldn't otherwise have um, some mm-hmm. sort of skill set? And that might be industry knowledge, um, but it really might be other things. It might be more uh, like job specific things, whatever their specific skill set is. Um, and, and I mean, I, I honestly would even extend that beyond. Um, I know your question was more around employees, but I, I would extend that really even to investors, right? Like our mm. very first round of investors, Uh, TI Ventures, a big part of why we were excited for them to lead our very first round was incredible um, customer experience. Um, So in terms of, they've done thousands of focus groups uh, with customers. And so not only was that diligence for you when they're in the process, but it also means um, 
you can tap into that knowledge when you're trying to say, hey, how do we solve this problem of understanding this customer better? And then Tribeca, who was our, our second round, primarily only worked in uh, or invested in fintech companies prior to us. And so we process quite a lot on rent payments. So That sounds like a very good alignment there. Exactly. And then most relevant to what you were just mentioning on the Buildium side of things, K1, who led our last round, was actually the um, first institutional investor for Buildium. And so they actually invested in Buildium years back and were a part of helping them grow to that uh, real page acquisition at 580 million over the years. And so um, mm. I, even from that perspective, we tried, we've tried to be really intentional about um, the people that are a part of the team, whether they're teammates or investors or anybody, just uh, to me, they're, they're part of how our team operates better. Now, have you guys shifted, um, are you a, a remote and distributed team? Or are you all in person? Like what's been your approach from that perspective? Yeah. So we were, it, it's been an interesting journey because we were remote, uh, up until fall of 2019. And then we got an office in fall of 2019 until March. Oh and then goodness. we went back to remote and we've been remote since. So uh, we've done a lot of hiring since then. I mean, at the start of COVID, we were only uh, about seven of us on the team and we're mm -hmm. about 35 now. Um, so oh, a lot of our hires. Thank you. Um, a lot of our, our hiring just naturally has been who's the, the person that fits best with you know, the problem we're trying to solve or, or with the team or anything like that. So that naturally has been people all over the country or all over the world at this point. So, um, yeah, we're, we're remote now. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And that we, the, uh, that environment, I mean, I'm just figuring out if you're going to be remote, is it a hybrid? Are you fully distrib distributed? Do you have in persons pretty, is a pretty pinnacle piece to building a team now. Like that has to be defined and answered because it, it changes also, the talent you attract and what that means and how they see themselves being a part of, but also if they'll fit in. Um, I'm going to shift a little bit. I'm going to talk a little bit about mistakes. Experiments gone bad, wrong assumptions. We all have them. Have you ever had Funny. one where you either had a feature build out or you had an experiment running with an idea in mind that turned out to be totally something else other than the desired result and something that you can share? Yeah. Um, a lot too many to count. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I think for me, I always think back to the the very early days uh, on the development when I was developing our, our apps um, for Rent Ready. So, so many things we tried to build, and, and and honestly, I think the biggest learning that came out of it was in the very early days, you're building off of your personal experience, right? Like, so the the version totally. one of of Rent Ready was. I wanted an easier way to apply to a unit, and I assumed, because I didn't know better at the time, landlords liked their side. So I tried to keep their side looking exactly the same. You're still going to get all of the documents attached in an email, just like you got them before when this was pen and paper and spreadsheet. Just from the tenant side, it streamlines the process, so you're applying places way faster than you were. What I came to, to learn from that is, as you talk to people, they, they were getting all of these documents attached in emails but not really because they wanted them to. That was just the way it was before. Mm -hmm. And so over time, learning that as more and more people use the platform, you don't have to make those assumptions anymore. People, especially, you know, uh, I feel like in our, our segment, um, people will tell you what they want, exactly what they want if you just ask them and you listen to them, right? <laughs> so it's, it's very not true. rocket science. You just got to ask. Um, and when you're unsure about a detail, ask about that specific detail and they'll give you a specific answer. And if you ask enough people in enough mm -hmm. different places or enough different situations, you can ideally build something that's flexible enough, whether you're you know, on the East Coast or Alaska or Hawaii or Texas, and whether you're managing a single family or a 20 unit property, you know, so it, it, um, ideally we're just, we're pulling from, you know, the, the people that are using the platform already and the problems and experiences yeah. they have and merging that into a cohesive solution for everyone. It's been my experience that anytime I've asked a, a you know, independent investor, their process on anything turns out that they have the best process they have figured out over the years. And they're more than happy to tell you the step-by-step -step instructions on how it works and why it works right. and why it never goes wrong and what you need to watch out for. Mm -hmm. 
it's only when you like ask other probing questions you find the the gaps and holes in there and then and then they'll acknowledge that um <laughs> you're, you're not wrong sometimes you just have to just have to ask a little bit well i want to yeah. shift us here to towards the bottom of the show we're going to jump into a segment i like to call for the future for the future is when i get to ask each guest who comes on the show to give their best predictions based on the following four questions ryan are you ready to play i hope so <laughs> All right, let's do this. Number one on For the Future, what does Rent Ready look like one year from now? Yeah, so um, I would say it goes back to the, um, the all of the oversight but automating the manual tasks. I, I think the, the ideal for us is I think company, not just in real estate but just in general, companies that have done really well at – transforming an industry really really helping solve a core problem it's, it's hard to imagine how hard it was prior to that company right like it, it, people today look back and go i can't imagine it was that bad i i really think that's what we're striving for you know a year out from now as well is uh, and beyond is for it to be difficult to look back as a landlord and say is it that hard <laughs> everybody was using spreadsheets or they were manually calculating their late fees or where funds went or um, what tenant had paid or not paid or how you're handling all of these deposits and lease signing and everything crossing over at the same time it's all streamlined you set up your preferences mm-hmm. it helps you run it you can it's as flexible as you need it to be it scales as much as you need it to scale you have those smart defaults you're learning from all of those around you and all of those that have to your point made stakes before you um, so it, it's really just making it um, uh, unrecognizably easier for both landlords and, and tenants. Question number two, what's an emerging trend in rentals that independent investors will have to confront in the next few years? I think one of the big ones that we've seen um, over COVID, and this is true for both independent investors and for just payments in general, is a huge move from checks and cash to digital mm. payments um so we've all, all obviously seen a lot of that we've seen it even outside of the the property uh management industry even or the real estate industry but uh, i think that is a big one H- how are you going to convert to digital payments more people want to pay that way there are huge advantages to doing it that way with the right solution you have um also a lot of you know, manual work that can be eliminated um, as opposed to tracking all of that as cash and checks. So I think that's a huge one mm-hmm. that we'll still continue to see for multiple years to come. Basic feature of making sure both sides has a receipt is probably one of the best pieces of transparency in the industry. I'm going to, I'm going to put you on the spot here though, real quick. Yeah. Because rent ready actually in a way has found a way to, alleviate the manual process even in accepting cash because you guys work with like a network of payment providers at different check locations or like uh, convenience store locations to be able to accept cash and then it sends that money to the landlord right so it's still possible Mm -hmm. to make it digital but it's it's getting rid of you know cash in an envelope or hey it's in your mailbox kind right. of process. Yeah, yeah, it's a good distinction. You're you're absolutely right. So they you can still go to seventy thousand locations across the US and basically pay with cash, but like you said, you right. get that receipt, it's automatically tracked within rent ready, that flows through to your accounting software. So you're not necessarily still doing that same cash like management that you were doing before where you were actually accepting um, bills and then tracking and writing all of that down yourself. It's done for you. See, I wasn't really putting you on the spot. I was actually just trying no, to... No, you were actually... I was trying to plug the feature here. Point. I like it. <laughs> That's great. All right, number three on For the Future, what's one industry trend you think will continue but you wish would go away? That's a tough one. Wish would continue... Or we wish would go away that we think will continue. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I... I I don't know if I think it will actually continue, but the, the one that can come to mind is you'll have, you'll have some people that will do the opposites of what we're talking about right now. Um, some that won't um, convert over to um, a non-spreadsheet or non-cash management side of things. I, I wish, honestly, for their sake, because I've gotten to personally see so many people go from one side to the other side, and they are much happier when they get to the other side of that. But you mm-hmm. also have to be in that mindset. Like it goes back to our, early, our well, the very beginning. 
of we were talking about, you know, psych- psychologically, where are you at? What do you want? Um, if you're not looking to make that move, um, I totally understand that and that's okay. Um, but I, I wish for everybody's sake that, um, uh, I think the majority of the market is, is moving. I certainly is moving that way. Um, but, uh, I think that was probably the best answer I have for you, unfortunately. <laughs> All right. And the last one here on For the Future, what's one thing you believe will dramatically change or fade away in real estate as a result of tech advances? Oh, I mean, I feel like the cash one is the, that's what I think will really eventually go. I, I you know, mm. it's a... I, Fingers I, crossed. I, yeah, I mean, I, I just think there's so many advantages to that. Even the back to the credit boosting side of things, uh, you know, even if you're going to a physical location and depositing that ch- that cash, so that it's at least still a somewhat digital payment that can be tracked and then reported to credit bureaus, so you can build some credit and get a lower interest rate on your next car loan or rent an apartment more easily. I think that that is a huge one that um, will likely go, but. Um, I, I do think we'll see a lot of centralization too. I mean, we've tried to be a part of it in terms of the part, going back to your earlier partnership point. Um, people want a way to manage things um, more easily in a central hub. Um, we've tried to facilitate that in our own right, but I think you'll see it in a lot of ways continue. Um, so I, 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 that's where I think back to the earlier point partnerships are um I think they're exciting. A lot of people are doing really exciting Mm. things in different ways. And to be able to kind of join forces and make a better experience for everybody along the way is is fun. I totally agree. Love it. All right. We're going to jump to the last three. Ryan, this is so our listeners get to know you just a bit better. First one here. What are you reading? So uh, it's actually one of my favorites. So it's not a first time, but I go back to it a lot. That counts. Um, Which is uh, the Lean Startup. So uh, I think it's great. Yeah. Um, It's one of my favorites. It it, it relates a lot to how I think we operate as a business today too, um, in terms of the, the ideal behind learn, build, measure, repeat that Um, Mm -hmm. really your customers Mm -hmm. being the central uh, guiding force for what you do and why you do it and how you do it. So um, I think that's a, I think it's one that I, I will probably forever go back to. That's good. Number two, who are you learning from? Um, I guess ex- explicitly to that point, customers uh, still, and I don't think it will really ever end. That's kind of the fun part. Uh, honestly, we keep adding uh, better things or improved things or different things to solve problems. But like with uh, whether it's COVID or just changing uh, trends, things will always change in the market. So mm-hmm. I think we'll honestly always have something to improve, something to change. Um, so uh, the big one for me is, can we learn from our customers better, faster, um, than we did yesterday? So that's, that's one for me. All right. And the last one here, what inspires you? Um, I, I would probably say, uh, my family, uh, honestly, um, my, uh, I feel, I feel very fortunate to be, uh, in the position I'm in to be able to try to build a platform that helps a lot of other people, um, in my own way, um, but I'm not the first in my family to, to try to uh, start something like my grandma and my, my mom and my aunt, my uncle ran a produce business in Albany, New York when I was little. And I got to see them, you know, uh, run that. And for me, it was just walk in and grab some apples and eat them and hang out with my mom and my family. But for them, it's, it's, you know, building their produce business. And, and that's exciting is actually their my mom's name is Ryan. So it's called Ryan's produce. So I still, now my first name, so I carry that forward a little bit today. But, Very cool. Um, like that I imagine a, is a tough business. That does not it, sound like an easy business. It was not. It definitely was not. You talk about getting to witness um, the hustle firsthand. That um, is hustle. Everybody in the family. So, and it's is true for you know my my grandpa had a dentist office. He ran out of my great grandma's downstairs, and so I went to him for um, you know any of my dental work when I was little, and my dad started businesses when I was little and that might be for like produce businesses where, or uh, sorry, promotional businesses rather where it'd be, Hey, can you help us pull a thousand stickers off these bouncy balls? And that was a fun way to be involved in what they were doing. So <laughs> I get, I get to carry it on in my own way now, but, um, but it's, uh, I think, I think it's, it's, it's inspiring to be able to get to see what they did in their way and how they 
made it fun for everybody to be a part yeah. of it along the way. So I think that's a big one for me. Very cool. Ryan, thank you so much for your time and, and sharing so much about what Rent Ready is building, how you guys are building it. I love the focus on being customer centric and how you guys have really emphasized on even the culture and what you're building here so that you have the team in place before we go and close out for those who want to get in touch with you or learn more about rent ready, where do they go and how do they do that? Uh, so it's just rentready.com. It's R E N T R E D I because we're a startup and we have to spell something wrong along the way. It's, it's, so so <laughs> you can find us there. Um, there you go. We're a pretty friendly bunch. Uh, we have live chat. We have phone. You can call us, chat us. Yeah, if you ever um, want to get a hold of Ryan, you just go to the live chat stuff. and um, ping. Yeah. I imagine try off hours because the CEO yeah. is awake and you know that. And then For sure. just go off hours. Never right? sleep. There it is. Exactly. Well, very cool. Thank you so much. Um, you know, I hope we can keep in touch. I'm glad we were able to finally make this happen here. Um, but I'm sure I'll be seeing you around sometime soon. Perfect. Thanks again for having me, Nate. Thanks for listening to TechNest, the PropTech podcast. Find all the links and resources mentioned in this episode on technest.io. You can get future episodes delivered to your ears directly by subscribing to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and all other major podcast apps. Follow TechNest on social media to stay up to speed on new developments, resources, and announcements in PropTech. Your support is greatly appreciated. There's two ways you can directly support this podcast. Share episodes you find interesting and then leave a review of the show in the App Store. From Nate and the TechNest team, thanks for listening.